Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. seeing everything, the worship and everything that was going on, I could just, you know, sense, sense just the presence of God in this place, just filling us all up. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just want to thank you for your blessings upon us. God, we want to thank you for just getting us up this morning and strengthening us, Lord God, in our daily life. Lord, as uh, we're going into this world, Lord, we're asking you to open up our ears and open up our hearts so we can receive that which you have called us to receive. Lord God, bless us mightily, Lord God. And may we be able to take this word, oh Lord, apply it to our lives, Lord God, and use it to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, a week ago, Pastor Arthur encouraged me to share the word uh, coming from an outreach perspective. And um, as I was preparing the word this uh, week, God reminded me that not too long ago, uh, Pastor Arthur had shared the word on uh, the fact that we are salt and light of the world. And when he when he when he uh, shared it, he talked about how we are how we witness to people, you know, how we witness to people through our lives, the things that we do. And uh, just like a movie as a sequel, well, you can all consider this a sequel to this message, all right? Okay, so the name of the sequel is Light It Up, all right? Light it up. Gather a shout, light it up. Light it up. All right, all right. Now, when we say light it up, you're probably wondering, what is it? Light what up? Well, it can be the world, the, the ideals and the things that make it tick. It can be your coworker's life. It can be the life of your friend, your roommate, your family member. It can also be your life. It can be your life, you know? I mean, is, is your life well lit? You know, is, is your life shining bright? Well, uh, let's, let's get into uh, the, the, the word, into the book right now, the Bible. And uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. I'm going from the NIV version. And it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So my question to you today is, where have you put your light? Where have you put your light? Why has it turned off? Why did you turn it off? Is it because of the naysayers? 
Is it because of the things that you're, you're thinking in your mind and the thoughts that you create in your mind that you're, you're fearful of what might happen? Is it because of fear? Is your, light, is, your, is your life well lit? Is it shining bright? So I'm going to give you a number of ways in which you can light up the world and keep your light shining bright. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this is going to be a very practical sermon, all right? Because God wants us to be practical here. He wants us to take his word, digest it, and go out there and apply it in our daily lives. All right? We have to put his word to the test because we have to live it out. So, first off, number one, you want to light up the world? Pray for love. Pray for love. In order to light up the world, we need to have the same love that Christ has for the people out there, people around us. And I'm not just talking about any love. I'm talking about unconditional love. Unconditional love where despite the history of that person, the things that they've done, you know, their background, you will still go out there and meet them at their point of need. And if we love them the way Christ loves them, then they will see who Christ truly is. You know, sometimes people think, oh, Christ, you know, Jesus Christ, oh, God, you know, he's just so far off. But when we love others, when we show them that love, they can actually see who Christ is because then they can grasp him. Then they can know exactly who he is. So how do you show that love? Well, it all begins with prayer. You have to pray to God that you can love them the way God loves them. You have to pray to God that you can see that love that he has for them. Because if you're like me, then you know that it is hard to love strangers, right? Not only is it hard to love strangers, but it's hard to love them every day of the week. Now, if you're like me, you know that it is hard to love people who get on your nerves, right? Right? I think, I think I'm getting somewhere now, right? It's hard to love people who get on your nerves, people at your job, or it can be at your school, or it can be just up out and about on your day, or it can be the store that you go to frequently and that person is there and you're like, oh, that person again. Oh. All right, you know what, you know what, okay. You know, so then we, 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 may, we might love them one day. Okay, God, all right, I'm love them. I'm a, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? Yeah, great, great. We might show them that love one day, but then it's so hard to tolerate them the next day. You know, it's so hard to tolerate them on and on again. So then we say, okay, not today. Mm -mm. Nope. I'm going over here. Yep. I'm not, I'm not focusing on, nope. I'm going I'm to know them and do my own thing. Let me, let me go, go over here. Yep, yep, yep. You know? And that's, that's, that's the things that we do. And if you're like me, your heart tells you to do one thing but then your mind gives you several logical reasons why you shouldn't do it. Like, come on, God. I'm on the bus. Really? In front of everybody? What? You want me to pray for her? In the cafeteria? <laughs> no, 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 no. God, God. <laughs> you got a good sense of humor, God. You got a good sense of humor. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. What? What's that? Oh, you're not pretending? <sighs> well, can I at least pretend you are pretending? 
you know? And that's what we go about. And, we, and that becomes our usual way of life, usual way of living. But if we pray to love them the way Christ does, it'll transform our perception. We will no longer see them as, you know, somebody that's not worth our time, not worth a dime, ignorant, annoying. We will no longer see them as that. Instead, we will realize that God loves them just as much as he loves us. So why ignore them? Why turn a cold shoulder? There were a number of times I can say when I sincerely asked God, God, help me to see the love that you have for people that I pass by and encounter. And when I did that and I went out, I tell you, I cannot believe it. I could just feel the love that God had for those people to the point that I just said, oh, my God, I cannot. Okay, I have to go out there and pray for them. I had to pray for them right then and there. You know, sometimes, you know, we feel, okay, oh, even that person is going through some stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll pray for them when I get home, you know. But it is so much more of an impact when you meet that person at their point of need. You pray for them, and you say, you, you just come to them, and you pray, and you ask them, what's going on? What's happening, you know? Okay, I'll pray for you right there. Because right then and there, it can change the perception of life. It can transform the perception of life. It can uplift them and get them going to where God has them to go. Amen? You know, the funny thing is that some of us are waiting till we have enough money so we can go to Mexico to, uh, to do outreach. Some of us are waiting, waiting till we have enough time so that we can go to Haiti, Dominican Republic, countries in South America or countries in Africa. So then we just wait. You know, and we're just we're just not you know focusing, but we're just saying, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know just wait till I have enough money. I'm gonna calculate everything and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, outreach is an arm's length away. You don't have to wait till the gathering church is doing city serve or Operation Christmas Child. No, you don't have to wait till then. If you want to outreach, then reach out. Just reach out to that person who's struggling with their finances and bless them. Reach out to that person who's addicted to drugs and needs a prayer. Reach out to someone and just say, hi, my name is, okay? You could be the only person that ever greeted them that way, that was ever so bold to greet them that way. This is what outreach is all about. How do you expect to help people out there if you're not helping people right here in your vicinity. One of the great things I'm just, that, that I'm just so grateful for is that Past, Pastor Edgar had the privilege and was blessed by God to go out there to Uganda and witness the people and serve out there. But you know that before he ever went out there, he started serving right here in New York City, in Bergen County, in places right here. He started touching people's lives right here in, the, in, in this area. It was as if God was trying to prepare him for what he had to do out there. It was as if God was trying to prep him for all the things that needed to be done out there and teaching the way so that he can go out there and be a great blessing to so many people and influence them and change their way of life and, and, and just uplift their hearts. It was as if God was doing that in him, in his heart, in his life. So... The question to you is, who are you when you are here? Nothing's wrong with, you know, going out there and serving 
in Africa or serving in other countries or helping people out there. But the question is, are you making a difference while you're here? Or are you waiting till you have enough money and time to travel and things like that? It all starts with you. Who or what are you waiting for? Amen? Yeah, some people are like, but, but that's, that's, that's just the truth of the matter. We at the Gathering Church have to be the difference makers this year. We have to show our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ what Christianity is all about. Because when you go out there, it's so hard to forget and deceive unbelievers what Christianity is all about. But the moment that you go and reach out to someone, the light begins to shine. And people will look at your light, and they will say, there's something interesting about your light. It's not like any other light. They will want to observe your light and know who or what makes you shine the way you do. And then they will want to shine just like you. Amen? Gatherers, am I right? Shout, shout. Light it up. Light it up. All right. Gatherers on my left. Oh, I didn't tell y'all what to shout yet. Nah, nah, it's all good. But, but shout, 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 reach out. Reach out. All right, all right, all right. Anytime when I hear that reach out, I always think about uh, Diana Ross's song, Reach Out and Touch. I was actually listening to that song a couple of days ago, and it's such a beautiful song. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. You know, I encourage you, if you, if you, you know, have iTunes or YouTube or something, just, just listen to that song. You will hear some some gospel influence in it. You hear some stuff. You're like, wow, okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's right in the Bible. That's all up in there, you know. So, moving right along. Number two, give up your time. <laughs> give up your time. All right. Our time is precious, right? And glory be to God that, you know, we can be organized and have a laundry list of things that we want to do. God loves that. God loves it when we're so organized, you know? But know this. Under God, your schedule is subject to change. Yes. And we have to be flexible with God so that he can use us to bless others. All right? If you want to experience a breakthrough in this new year, you have to be willing to give up your time for others. And then you will see the blessings overflow. For some of you, there's a passion that God has stirred inside of you. Whenever you see that individual or you come to a place and you see an issue arising, and you know that, that God has put a heart on you to touch those people, to help them. But then you just think to yourself, oh, I have all this stuff I got to do. I have a schedule of things, you know. Okay, well, I need to get this done. Okay, not today, not today. Oh, I got to catch that train. Okay, not today, not today. Oh, I got to meet up with my friend. Okay, not today, not today, not today. And we have all these things, but we go through these cycles. And that becomes the norm. And we forget about what God has called us to do. And this one thing right here. Some of us are missing out on our blessings because we are failing to give up our time for others. God forbid, we are missing, Lord have mercy, we are missing out on our blessings because we are thinking that this is what we got to do, this is what we got to do, this is what we have to do, this is what we have to do. Okay, I got to get there, I got to get there, I got to get there, I got to get there. And then we're forgetting that to be flexible so that God can use us 
to bless others. And then in turn, he can bless us as well. When we go out there and we bless other people, that influences us as well. It gives us the blessing that we need. That day when you were having a hard time and you just couldn't get through what you were going through or you just having a headache or you just didn't know what was going on, what was going wrong. And it was even at that moment that you can go out there and touch somebody else's life. It's even at that moment that you can go out there and just pray and just say, okay, you know what, God, you know, bless this person here. If we give up our time, even to help somebody, even just to, you know, just assist someone, to give them advice, God will surely bless us. You know, Minister Wayne last week, he gave an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, message about reaping and sowing. And one of the pertinent things that he said in that message that really touched me was that he said, when you plant a seed, when you sow a seed and you reap it, you always reap more than what you sow. And I'm talking about the good stuff. When you sow something good, you always reap more than what you sow. And that is what God is trying to do. He's trying to blow our minds in this new year. He's trying to bless us beyond our expectations. So if we don't, if we forget to do that, then we will miss out on it. And I want to add something, though. And this is a disclaimer. Don't, don't give up your time for others just solely with a focus on you being blessed, getting something back. All right? Don't, don't focus on that. Don't focus on that. We give our time to show the love of God. We give our time to glorify the name of our Father. It's a humbling experience. It's not for us to brag. It's not for us to boast. It's not for us to say, yeah, I did this, I did that. No. We do it ex not expecting anything in return from, from anyone. And it says in Luke chapter uh, 6, verse 34 to 36, it says, if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because he is kind and ungrateful. And because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Some people, you will bless them and they will just not be grateful for it. But okay, keep it moving. Just keep it going, you know? Keep, be, be merciful. That's what it means to be merciful. Now, number three, embrace your true identity. Now, whenever I think about embracing true identity, I always think back to Sunday school where uh, we, we studied this about this guy, uh, this Pharisee, Nicodemus. Nicodemus? Nicodemus? All right, to make sure I got that. He's a Pharisee a member of the ruling council of, uh, of the, the Jewish ruling council and um, who took uh, Jesus into questioning. And he believed that Jesus was the son of God, but he was so afraid to tell anybody what he believed in. So if we read in John chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, you can get there. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. Now, pinpoint on that word, at night. He came to Jesus at night when nobody could see, you know, when nobody was looking at night. It was dark, especially back in those days. I mean, it's not going to be shining bright. It's not Times Square now. At night, you don't even know who that figure was down the block. And he said, 
Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. But he knew he was the son of God. Then, if we read further, in John chapter uh, 7, verse 45 to 51, it says, Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? And these are, and this, these are, this is the Pharisees that were talking to the temple guards. They were saying, why didn't you bring Jesus in? And they automatically said, no one has ever spoke to us the way he did. It says here, no one has ever spoke to us the way this man does. The guards replied, you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted. You see, Jesus that's because of Jesus' presence and the words that he spoke to them. It touched them so much that they said, hold on, we didn't bring him in because, I mean, this, this, this man's a powerful man. I've never seen anybody like this before. And the Pharisees respond, have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? The Pharisee responded to that and said that. And in the midst of all that, Nicodemus is there. He's part of the ruling council. So what, what is he going to say? Well, the Pharisees continue, and it says, no, nobody responds. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. So now this is Nicodemus' moment to reveal the truth, to share the truth, to share the gospel, and say who this man really is. So what does Nicodemus say? Well, it says here, Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, who was one of their number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? You see, Nicodemus was so afraid to tell everyone the truth that this is who Jesus Christ really is. So what he did was that he tried to be politically correct. And sometimes we try to be politically correct in the midst of others. Because we're afraid to what, what they might say. We're afraid of what they might think of us, you know? But the question is, who are we? Right? So instead, he, he, he responded. He, he said something that was really good, really helpful. I mean, that's good, yeah. You know, this man should be, trial, um, should be um, put on trial first. We don't just, you know, just, uh, you know, kill him or throw him, you know, away. No, this, this guy needs a, a fair trial. That was a good point, but that wasn't the whole truth. That wasn't the whole thing. And if God is right there standing right in front of you, and he knows what you have in your heart, he knows what you know, but then you're saying, oh, yeah, um, the world is a beautiful place. You know, it's so beautiful out there, you know. No, no, God made it beautiful. It was God who created the world. You know, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is what was happening with Nicodemus. And so we are at times are like Nicodemus. Sometimes, you know, we just focus so much on how we are going to be perceived instead of focusing on who we are called to be, a child of God. We are afraid to speak up because we are afraid of what they might say. But if you remain silent, if Maria remains silent, then who will know who Maria truly is? If Namdi remains silent, who will know who, 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 who Namdi is, what the great things that he has stored in his life? If, if Marolu remains silent, how would they know the great things that has been stored in, in her life? If, if, if they don't know, if nobody knows, and they don't know, then they will never believe in God. They will never have that opportunity to come to God. 
if they do not hear, then how will they know? You know? It's like people cry out, where is God? Where is his mercy? Where, where is he? Where, where is the Lord? But the truth is that God is with us. He's with you. He's with everybody in this room right now. But it is up to us to show them the light, to show them the everlasting light, to show them that this is who God is through our life and through our choices and our characteristics. It's not like God's going to come up into your classroom or to your job and talk to your coworker, your classmate and say, I'm God. Believe in me. It's not, like, not going to happen like that. God put us where we are for a reason. He put us there so that we can be vessels and touch the hearts and lives of people who need him, who need to hear him, who need to hear the truth. It says here, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, it says, how, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How can they hear? How will they know unless, no, unless someone doesn't preach to them, unless someone doesn't show them the way? How will they know? But you know what? It's such a great thing when we're able to bring out the good news, when we're able to touch people's lives. It's such an amazing thing, such an amazing opportunity. And this is what we are doing here at the Gathering Church. Whenever we come up here and we speak and, we, and, and, and you have the pastor speak, you have someone else speak, we are doing that so that we can send each and every one of ourselves out there and touch the lives of people that need God, that need him, because God is in, a, in, in the business of reconciling his people back unto himself. He brought us, he brought, and he gave us this opportunity to do that. So when the Holy Spirit tugs to you and says, you know, pray for that person, speak to that person, touch that person's life, he wants to unlock some great characteristics that he has been stored inside of you so that you can be a light to this world, so that you can share with others and be a great testimony to many people. Now, at some point last year, I was home listening to gospel music, and, man, I, I was just so filled up with the love of God. And I, was, and, and I was just reflecting. Have you ever gotten to the point where you just, you're on your own time, you just listen to some gospel music, and, you know, and then you just start getting that feeling, and you just reflect on all the things that God had brought you through, all the ways he provided for you, even ways he protected you when you didn't even know that he protected you. Even ways when you thought that things weren't going to work out, and it actually did work out. And you see all those things, and you just reflect, oh, God is so good. So I was home and I was thinking all this stuff, and then in my mind, I just, I just, I just felt so, so great about all the things that God had done that I wanted to like shout to the mountaintops and tell everybody, I am so glad just to have Jesus in my life. So then I said, wait, I know. I can just go on Facebook and post it as a status. This is what my update is. This is how I'm feeling right now. Like, yes. Wait, post it on Facebook? <laughs> and then I start thinking, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have I have not been that explicit about my faith in Jesus on Facebook. I mean, you know, I might I might have shared some words of wisdom, you know, I might have said, you know, thank 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 God for life or whatever, but I had never been so explicit about saying, Thank you, Jesus. Or Jesus is this, Jesus is that. So then I was like, Oh man. And I was, doing, I was doing a Nicodemus, all right? So, so I thought, okay, 
What can I do? What can I do? All right. You know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll sugarcoat it a little bit. All right. Maybe I'll uh I'll say you know thank God for life. You know maybe I'll say something like that. You know and and. And, and, and the, thing, the thing is, my nature is that I like to calculate things, you know? I like to think it through before I do it, you know? I like, I like to, you know, wager, like, okay, what? Okay, is this going to work? Okay, all right, all right. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So I was stuck in a rut. I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. Okay. So then I thought about it all. And this is right when uh, I had already started up a new school and I had new acquaintances. So I knew that if I post this up, people that didn't know or that didn't know that I really love God and I literally love Jesus like that, they're going to see. I know they're going to see what I posted. So, so then I just thought about it and then I realized, I said, you know what? I mean, there's a great distinction between saying thank God and thank you, Jesus, you know. And, you know, I, I didn't want to offend the Muslims or the Jews or the Hindus or the Buddhists that I knew that were my Facebook friends or whatever. But then I thought, you know what? No, 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 no. When you say Jesus... It's, 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 you're talking about God who came here in the form of man, and he died for my sins so that I can be redeemed, so that I can get out of the stuff that I was messed up in, so that I can live an amazing life, so that I can just uplift his holy name. They were talking about Jesus Christ. And I was like, okay, I can't front. Nope. Uh, I can't front. I'm so thankful for having Jesus in my life. <laughs> the moment I did that, I just felt this, 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 yes, the way it was God, I said, thank you, Jesus, I did it, it's done, it's done, ain't no going back, ain't can I under delete, nope, it's done, it's out there, I did it, and, <laughs> so, and, and to my surprise, all of a sudden, all these people that I know love Jesus started liking the comment. I said, gee golly, I opened the can of Christians. I was like, yo, what? I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, we got some Christians up in here. I was like, right? You know? And it was such a great feeling to know that there were some people that I didn't even know that loved Jesus that way. So, so what, what, what can we learn from this moment? What can we learn from this moment? Whenever we feel deeply in our hearts, right, to share our faith, but fear comes, know this. One of my high school mentors said this. Fear is false evidence appearing real, all right? So just take a step back and remember who you are, right? Remember who made you the way you are today. It was the son of God that redeemed you. He loves you just as much as he loves the person that he wants to touch. So don't forget about that. Let them hear the truth. Let them hear it. Shout it out loud, all right? Don't stop yourself from being who God has made you to be, who you know God made you to be. Don't stop yourself from being yourself. You got to be you, all right? I'm talking about you in Christ, all right? And now the story that I just gave you here and the whole idea kind of links into this next step, number four, and that is take a leap of faith. We must have to be willing to take a leap of faith and step outside of our comfort zone. We have to break down the walls of, of complacency and procrastination. I'm going to tell you right now, complacency, procrastination, timidity, that's not you. That's the work of the enemy to make you believe that it's you. That's not you. You are bold. You are courageous. You are amazing. You have some great things in store inside of you, and you just have to lift yourself up in the day when you're just down and out. That stuff is not you. You have the responsibility to call that stuff out and say, that's not me. I'm not going to accept that today. All right? Amen to that? 
We are the children of the Most High God. So don't stop yourself from stepping into yourself, into your true identity. When you feel that tug to pray for someone or to give to somebody, any way that you know, just go out there and step into yourself and do it. Be who you have been called to be. Some people might say, oh, yeah, that person right there, I'm not going to talk to that girl. That person, nobody talks to that girl. Or oh, that homeless man on the side of the street, oh, no. Mm-mm, no, not that guy. He's a wreck. <laughs> if I give him money, man, who knows? He's going to probably use it for some bad stuff. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give him that stuff. Nope. And we go about this, and we, and we do these things. But we do it because of the fact that we see everybody else, and we see what they're doing. So it becomes, it's, it's just normal for us. It's normal for us not to help them. It's normal for us not to talk to those people. Everybody's doing it. But I dare you to step out in faith. All right? I dare you to step out in faith and do what you've never done before. You say, my life is bad. Things are not going so great. But take a leap of faith and light it up. Take a leap of faith and light it up. The little that you do will brighten someone's perception of life, if not yours. Now, <laughs> there was a... Back in, back in 2007, uh, when I was actually at a summer program in New York City, there was a, when I say a homeless man and all that kind of stuff like that, there was a, this actually, something actually happened where I was, uh, I, was, I was going to class, I was taking summer courses in New York City, and I was running late to my, I was about to run late to my class, but I knew I had to get some food. I knew I was hungry. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get some food. So what I usually do is that I go to the cafeteria, get my food, head back to my room, drop it off there, go to class. But this time I was running late. I was running out of time. So I, I got the food, you know. It was, all, it was good. It was some good stuff. So I got it, and then I went to class. So I was done with class, and I was heading back, back, to, my, uh, back to my dorm room. And I was walking back. And then in the distance, I could see some guy that, you know, it was, it was, I just knew it was a figure. Someone had this sheet wrapped around them, and they were rummaging through garbage. And I said, oh, my God, man, that's pretty bad. I, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. I started facing people down. And then when I started moving, I heard a thought in my mind. And it, I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I believe it was God. And the thought was, it said, give him your food. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. And I said, no, I don't want to give him my food. Like, my food. I had some pizza, and this pizza is good. I had some fries, and the fries in that cafeteria was mm, ketchup all smothered over it. I had some good vegetables in there. Not only that, I had some fried chicken. And this chicken was good. I had it before. So I was like, uh. So you know how when you know you 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 bought some food and you just like yeah I can't wait till I get home <laughs> right right I can't wait till I get home got the ribs got Thai food like mmm smell it, it's good so I was I said to myself no and I was walking and then the heat started rising up right in my belly right here and I was like turn back around. Turn back around. I had to turn back around. I said, excuse me? I said, are you all right? I'm collecting the bell. Are you right? I knew. Come on. I knew. I just always was trying to have a conversation starter. Sometimes we need a conversation starter to get things going. So I said, are you, are you all right? I was like, no, man. He was like, I was sleeping over there in the park and somebody stole my clothes. And I said, 
some messed up stuff. I was thinking that in my mind, and I just couldn't fathom or think of, like, how could somebody do such a thing? I was like, okay, maybe he was, he was sleeping. You know, try to rationalize it. Okay, maybe he was sleeping there. Maybe it was because it was really hot. It was a summer day, so I think it was really hot. He probably put some of his clothes aside, and he was wrapped up in his, you know, in his sheet and everything. I was like, wow, how could somebody do that? So I'm trying to think to myself, some, think of certain things, like some words to give him, something to, just to bless him or, you know, just lift him up at that moment in time. So I'm like, okay, what? And I'm just stunned right there, just trying to fathom what ha- why, why did that thing happen to him. And then he said, he said, uh, uh, can, can you can you help me out? He said, I'm trying to go to to the subway to uh to you know ask some people for money or something like that. I, mean, I might go to my relatives and you know get some money or something like that. But is there when you can help me? And then, and then, this food right here. So I said, I have this food right here. I don't know if you know you might like it, but uh, you know want to give it to you and everything. He said, oh, thanks, thanks, man, thanks, man. No, no, that's, that's, that's good enough, that's good enough. Thank you so much, thank you so much. And I'm just there looking, and I'm like, I'm like, what should I say? I could say something, I gotta say something, you know? Something to bless him, something to lift him up, maybe give him some words from the scripture or something like that. And I was just thinking of all this stuff. And then out there he said, pray for me. He said, pray for me. What's your name? I said, Olu. He said, my name is Shanton. God bless you. And I said, What? thinking to myself like I'm over here trying to trying to try I knew I had to come here and like do something you know share the word of the gospel and this he's right give up your times your time so that you can bless others and you'll see how God will bless you in that moment right so then that whole time I was walking around and I was just thinking to myself like you know after that whole moment I just thought did I really help him I mean I gave him food but I didn't say anything God what did, what did and then God told me Sometimes actions can speak louder than words. It could just speak louder than words. When you show them that love, when you show that love for other people, then, 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 that love that you show them, that action that you give to them, that can speak louder than you just saying in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, God said. You know? We're all looking, oh, where my Bible, where my Bible, where my Bible, whoa. Okay, maybe sometimes you might need the Bible, but sometimes you just got to go and then help that person. Help them in the midst, in the midst of their situation. I had a, there, was a, there was a pastor in D.C. named by Don, Don L. Jones, and he, he used to say this quote from uh, John Maxwell. It was, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can have all the scriptures in the world. You can beat them over the head with it, but if you don't care about them, if you don't show them that love, it's just going to Thank you. Thank you, Brother Willie. Boom. Right over that head, like, who are you talking to? <laughs> right? But if you help them, you, you do something for them, like, oh, my God, that person did that for me. Oh, man, what, what does he have to say? That, that person, man, I dig him, man. Yo, he's so cool. What? I want to ride with him. He ride, he ride with you, then he ride with Jesus. Hey. <laughs> number five, number five, number five. Set the temperature. When I was an RA at Georgetown, we had a, I had a staff member that used to say, uh, you know, RA, you have to set the temperature in the, uh, in the room. And then we, we just thought to ourselves, what does he mean by set the temperature? What does that mean? And, he, and what he actually meant by that was that you know, we might go into a room, maybe the lounge area or whatever, and we have residents there, and they're just all stressed out about stuff. And he said, don't let the, their distress get to you. You know, he said, walk into that room, you know, and, and, and 
just, just, just ask them how the day is going. And if you're having a good day, you know, give them, give them a good day. Cheer them up. Liven them up. You know, just, just say great things. You know, just keep them going. You know. And I want to say to you today, that if you walk into a room and it's cold, warm it up. Warm up the rooms. You set the temperature. Don't let the temperature of the room change your identity. Don't let it do that. Don't let it weaken your faith in Christ and all the beliefs you stand for. If your classmates want to smoke weed and you just happen to be in there in that moment, you're just talking, you're just chilling, watching some TV, playing some video games, hey, yo, let's smoke some weed. If that ever happens, and you know your body's the temple of Christ, do not stay there. Leave. <laughs> Leave. I told you this is going to be practical, right? I'm talking, about, I'm talking about some practical stuff. Because when we go out there, oh, it's... What? Hmm. God is good. Hmm. <laughs> Light up the world. <laughs> Light the world with the love of God, love of Christ, right? Right? We know we... That's right, that's right. So we have to lead by example. We got to show them the way. We have to be the difference maker. This is how you spread the gospel. This is how you live it out. Majority of times we succeed and fail in spreading the gospel just because of the fact that our, our choices that we make, the things that we do, the choices that we make have caused us to fail in doing so. Just by, the, just by, just by what we're doing, just by what we're saying. And the little things that we do, we fail in to, 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 to share the gospel or succeed in it. You know? I mean, you might be in a, a moment where, you know, all the dudes are talking, oh, yeah, you know, I slept with that girl, you know. And then you're just, you know, thinking, what, what do you say in that conversation? What do you do, you know? What, 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 is it, what is it that you do? I mean, do you chuckle, chime in, and applaud them like, yeah, man, you did it, you know? Or even when people are gossiping on people, what do you do in that situation, you know? Who are you? We have to be who God called us to be. Now, I'm not saying that you should insult them. That's not what God called us to do. Bringing, you know, saying bad things about them, putting some bad names out there. No, no, no. That's not what we're supposed to do, but maybe it's time for you to leave, or maybe it's time for you to speak up. Now, I'm going to give you some food for thought and for nourishment. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 to 26, right? It says, Flee the evil desires of youth. The evil desires of youth. Gossiping and Talking about, you know, I did this with that person, and, you know, I'm this, yeah. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of purity, out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must, must be gently instructed. Gently. Hit on that word, gently instructed, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. We have to instruct them gently. You know, show them that no, man, what you're doing, that's, this is the way. Give them some advice. Give them, you know, we have to show them, but we have to teach them. And we have to teach them in a gentle manner. 
Not saying, oh, man, you this, you're that. No. Gently instruct them. Now, coming into my last point here, and all these steps and all these things and that, you know, raising the light of the world, even though we have all this stuff, you know, it can be so hard to keep lighting the world up. So this next point is keep it shining. Keep it shining. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep it shining. Amen. In a world full of darkness, people are looking for a light to guide them. The light that will guide them for a hope for another tomorrow. A light that will help them see the truth of what really surrounds them. Some people need the light so that they can get out of the mess that they're in, break free, and live right. Now, you can show, uh, you can bring up the, the, the light bulb uh, image there, the one that says uh, things are good or normal, so good light bulb. You know, the unique thing about light is that it produces heat. When you look at an incandescent light bulb, and uh, I'm about to go to school here and probably have Brother Mambi up here, you know, the engineer, <laughs> and share a little something, but, you know, you know, you let me know if I'm messing up, but an incandescent light bulb, right? 95% of the energy that it produces is heat, while 5% of it is light. Just 5% is light, while the rest of it is heat. Now, people are out in the cold, right? And it's, it's cold out there. And they don't, know, real, don't realize that they're freezing. So they're shivering. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And their feet gets numb, and they're like, oh, man, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm cold. But they're just so used to it because that's have been the lifestyle that they've been going through. So they're out there, and they're freezing cold. But, you know, what they don't really realize is that they need warmth. God forbid, you know, they freeze to death. But how will they know the difference unless somebody tells them? How will they know that they're living in a cold and dark world unless someone shows them the truth, the reality of it all? People are gathering church. People of Hack and Sack need to see the light. They need to know where they're going wrong. They need to know where the love of God is. They need to know that. We need to show our coworkers that, the light. Our friends, strangers, the nation, the world, we need to show them the light. And the interesting thing about the light is that it has its source. All that energy and everything, it comes from somewhere. Another thing about a light bulb is that it can burn out. If you can show the picture of a light bulb burnt out, a burnout light bulb, it can burn out. Now, the source of our light comes from God. God gives us that source of light. He puts it in us. The moment that we get saved and we give our life to him, he imparts his light into us. He fills us up with that so that we can be bright and shining and be a light to the world. He deposits those things in us. Now, the flesh is like a light bulb, right? And then in the light bulb, you can go to the filament picture. In the light bulb is a filament. The filament completes the circuit. And this is where we get all the light shining from, the filament there. It contains all that light energy, everything that's inside of it. Now, the moment that he fills us up with his light, we are shining bright. But if we don't stay connected to God, then our light will burn out. God has put some of us in a place 
whether it be work, at home, to share the word of God. But our light, you know, is not shining bright. It might be dim, or maybe, maybe we just turned off the light. Click, click, switch it off, not showing it. So we hide it, or, or, or either we don't hide it. We just, our light is just so dim because we forgot to pray. We forgot to read the Bible. We forgot to get ourselves prepared when we go out there. So the light gets dimmer. It gets dimmer. And what eventually happens? Anyone know? It burns out, right? And then there needs to be a replacement. If you let your light burn out, God can simply take you, take the light bulb from where it is, remove it, and replace it with another light bulb that's eager to shine. Are you getting that? He can remove you from where you are. What? What? And put somebody else there that's eager to shine so that his work can be done. God forbid. Now, why does the light bulb burn out? It's because the filament that contains all the energy and everything in it, it can no longer contain all of that. That filament is made of tungsten. It's a really strong metal, metal coil that's able to undergo a lot of high temperatures of heat. This is where I'm going with this. The filament, which is our faith, can no longer hold on, God forbid. It's not tough enough. It's not tough enough to endure the high temperatures of heat that is experiencing the struggles of life, the negativity that people give us, the blows that we experience, the temptations, all those things, so that it falls off. It melts. But I tell you this. The interesting thing is, and this is the truth, a burnout light bulb, even though it's burnt out, as long as the filament is, 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 not, is not fully melted, it can still be restored. You can actually repair a light bulb as long as it still hasn't fully, fully melted yet. So what am I saying? Some of you, your light bulb has burnt out. It happens from time to time. And it seems like there's no point of return. So some people look at the light bulb and they say, come here, come here, come here, look at the light bulb. Man, it's out for the count. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No point of return. Ain't coming back. Nope. Not coming back. Yeah, man. Toss it. Toss it. Yeah, toss it. And then there's somebody in the distance that says, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. That light bulb. It's worth something. I know, I know. Let me hold on to it. I know I can fix it. You know what? I'll repair it when it's ready to be fixed. So then he holds on. He waits. And he waits. He's holding on. My people of God, God is waiting for you to say, light me up. God, Jesus, light me up. He's waiting for us to turn around and come to him so that the almighty God, the all-powerful God, can restore that which was broken so that it can shine once again. God is waiting for us. You know, our life, our, 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 our salvation, the path of our salvation is like a boxing match. It's like a boxing match. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there on this one. I'm going to go there on this one. It's like a boxing match, right? The moment that you gave your life up to Christ, the moment that you gave your life to him, you won the championship belt. And it is shouting, and now the winner is 
Heavyweight Christian of the world, you, 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 you all have the championship belt. So everybody's applauding. Whoa, yes, yes, yes. He won. Yeah, yeah. The angels in heaven are applauding. Yes, thank God. God is looking at like, yeah, I knew he had it in him. And he's just looking and they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, whoa. And then in the corner is the enemy, the opponent, Satan. He's looking like, and he knows he can't do anything because God has already has power that's so much more powerful than him that he can't do anything to you. So he's like, he walks away. So then you just, you know, you're going out the ring and then you applaud, everybody's applauding, you cheering, you know, give him high fives. Yeah, 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 all right, all right. You know, you go into the locker room, you get your stuff, and, and then you go out to the, the, the arena, and then, you know, you walk and you walk in back into the world, back into the life, back into the world. You're about to go to your car, you're about to go back home. And then in the corner, right in the back alley, hey, yo, come here, come here. Like, what? It's Satan. And he's trying to come to you like a Goliath. He's trying to tell you, man, that championship belt ain't nothing, man. Come on. Man, what is that? A little piece of, what, what is that? Come on, man, you ain't nothing. You ain't, come on, man. No, let me, let me take that from you. And he tries to rob, rob us from our championship belt. He tries to take that thing that God has already blessed us with at that moment in time. And it's just like that. So we cannot burn out. We cannot burn out. We cannot allow the, the, the Satan or the devil or the enemy to trip us up and make us think that we're not who, we, that who God has called us to be, that we're not saved, that we're not great, that we're not children of the Most High God. We are. Our power comes from him. When David came up to Goliath, Goliath came up to him with weapons, but he's like, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. All right? No weapons formed against me shall prosper. No way, no way, no how. You know, you might see this little thing right here, this slingshot, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come in the name of my father. I come to the father of Abraham. I come to you. That's what I'm coming to you with. You may not see him, but he's right there. And Done. 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 And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It says, it says in, 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 the, in, the, in the book of, uh, of Psalms, chapter 18, verse 6, David said, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. He heard it. it he heard your, your cry. So when you're in the midst of things, when you're in the midst of rough, rough spots, Cry out to the Lord so that he can save you from where you are. My encouragement to you this year is don't burn out. If you feel like you're getting dimmer, repent and ask God to light you up. Because there is a world of people out there who need to see you shine. They need that light of hope. They need to go on. And God wants, us to, wants to use us to inspire them to move on, to turn from their sins, so that they can live a new life in Christ. So that they are filled with everlasting life. Now I told you, I was going to be practical, right? Okay. Well, you can light up the world with gospel music, with Christian rap, with Christian contemporary music. There's a lot of music out there that's negative. And some people are listening to it, you know, early in the morning, you know, bopping to it and everything like that. Like, yeah, this is a tight beat. Yeah, yeah. But all the while, they don't know that the music they listen to is infecting their heart, giving them a spirit of negativity unconsciously and they're unconsciously digesting the music but there's alternatives to this music and that's the gospel that God has given us that's Christian rap that's Christian contemporary music I made an initiative this year I said wow a lot of people don't know about gospel rap 
and then listening to you know you know all the rap music out there and you know it's it's just you know you know just talking negative things about you know females and things like that it's talking saying negative things about just life and then all of a sudden you know they're all talking about you know I got this I got that you know and they're spinning the line and they're in the same line that they're spinning they're you know cursing and all that stuff they can't even spit a line without cursing you know but maybe you're in your car and you pop on some gospel music and your friend comes up in there or you pop in some gospel rap and they're like what is that you're like oh you didn't know about this that beat is tight I tell you, it's tight right the beat is still tight, and the word is even tighter. You can light up the world by buying your staff some breakfast. You can buy light the world by buying your, your friends, your roommates some breakfast. I was listening to Star 99.1 this past week. Thank God for Star 99.1. It is a Christian contemporary music radio station, and I've been blessed by it. And I heard how this lady said, you know, I, um, I bought a, a cup of coffee for five people that were standing in line right behind me. And when the people asked her, they said, why'd you do that? Why'd you buy his coffee? She said, you know what? I just want to bless you, you know? I mean, I would want somebody to buy me coffee too, so why should I do it for you? And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to bless people in so many ways. We can light up the world by covering somebody's, uh, covering somebody's meal at the drive-thru. I remember, uh, I remember uh, uh, Pastor Renner, she probably don't remember this, but one time she was preaching and she said, you know, what, what, what about if you were to cover somebody's toll that was, of the driver that was right behind you? What if you were to cover their toll? And I remember after hearing that, I was like, you know, I didn't even think of that. I never thought of something like that. You know what? The one day I did it, I did it, and I, and, and I was able to bless them. What I'm trying to say here is that there's so many endless possibilities. But if we don't let God open our hearts and use us so that we can do those things, people won't know of many different ways that you can bless people. When I was working at uh, uh, Toys R Us the other day, it was back in uh, during the Christmas season, uh, there, was, uh, there was a guy that came up to me, and he was like, is anybody who hasn't paid off their layaway? I said, what? He's like, is anybody who hasn't paid off their layaway? I'm like, well, layaway's already over. He's like, oh, okay, all right. And he left. And I thought, wow, he wanted to pay somebody's layaway off? I never thought, I just, what? I know this guy, and he, he walked in, he walked out. So I know he's not coming here buying some stuff. He, did, he was just going because God had sent him. I believe God had sent him, you know, to, to share some love, to spread some love. I'm like, man, I never thought of that. So now, I'm going to be practical, right? Right here in my hand. Pastor and I have been talking about this for a while. And we feel like it's been in our heart that God has been leading the gathering church to serve with Habitat for Humanity. And Habitat for Humanity is basically looking for volunteers with or without construction skills to help and assist building houses for people who are affected by Hurricane Sandy in the Bergen County area. Now, I have here the sign-up sheet, and they're calling this initiative the Sandy Rehabilitation Project or Program to repair, rebuild, and restore houses affected by Hurricane Sandy. Now, I'm going to take this sign-up sheet, and I'm going to leave it over there after service so that you can sign up. And if you're feeling in your heart that you want to participate in this, you want to be a part of this, then please, at all means, sign up. Don't hesitate. Or maybe, you know, you're thinking, like, oh, I don't want to do it, but you know God is telling you to do it. Go ahead. God will bless you. You'll be blessed by it. You'll see some great things. That you, just, just by doing that, it will open you up to new experiences, new things. You know, God wants to do that in, to, for us in this new year. Now, they're looking for at least 8 to 10 people to, to, to do this. Actually, 8 to 10 people is the limit of the group. 
And this begins in the springtime. Now, Pastor and I, we were talking about it, and we're thinking about doing it at a certain time when SCU goes on their spring break, which will be sometime between March 9th and to the 17th. Okay? And it's a one-day commitment from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if you can put your name here, you can sign up and select the day that you prefer to go. Sometime between Tuesday and Saturday is when they have it. Now, once you do that and you have names, we'll be able to finalize the date. We'll be able to talk to uh, the pastor. We can finalize the date, and uh, we can figure out what day we can go and then, you know, let everybody know about it. But one thing that I know is that there's a lot of people who want to do this, a lot of organizations around that want to help, you know, build houses and things like that. And it would be nice if we can get a weekend when, you know, a lot of us work and stuff like that. So if we can sign up and I can get eight to ten names already down today, then the moment those, uh, those dates open up, we can quickly sign up and we'll have that date ready for us. Amen? So as you go about this new year, just light up your room with joy. Light up the world, all right? Light up the world with the light that God has blessed you with. Amen? Oh, let's all rise at this time. So we could uh, wrap it up. I know time was well spent. Even as I was uh, preparing this word, I was like, hmm, there's a lot of things that God wants me to say. And I thought, maybe I should cut it short. But then I felt, you know, that we need to hear all these things. We need to hear all these practical ways in which we can touch the lives of people out there. So if you're feeling in your heart, you know, and you can sincerely see that your light has burnt out, which I think it happens to all of us, and you feel like, you know, that light that used to shine is not shining anymore, then please open your heart up at this time. That we can pray for you. Open your heart up to God at this moment in time. Be real with him. Those times when you might have passed some homeless person and you know you were supposed to say something or do something, but you didn't. Know that God forgives you for those moments. He forgave Nicodemus. Because even after that point where Nicodemus never said anything, he was one of the people who actually found the burial place for Jesus Christ. He was one of the people, and I believe he was with John as well, who was able to help and 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 and, uh, and uh, find a place where they can bury Christ. And he believed he wasn't with those the uh, the ruling council at the time when they you know did all those things to Christ and you know slain him and put him up on a cross. No, he wasn't there. So there's a way to turn around to come back to God. Let's all pray. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, you see our hearts, Lord. Maybe there have been times where we've been bouncing back and forth and we've been in your word and you were able to apply it and touch people's lives. Maybe we've never done it at all. But I pray that at this moment in time that you will open up something inside of us, Lord God. Let us love those the way you love them. Lord God, help us to see the way that you love them so that we will have no other choice but to go out there and touch their hearts, to give to pray, to share our time with them, just to say hi, just to do something good for them. Lord God, let us be a light to this world and let our light keep shining, Lord God. Let it shine bright in the name of Jesus. Some of you might be saying at this moment, you know, I never I never gave my life up to Christ. I never actually, you know, really committed to him. I pray that you will open your heart at this time and give your life up to him you will see the blessing that will overflow. You will see 
the great things that he has in store for you in your life. And you'll be reconciled and realize that this is who I really am. This is who I'm called to be. Let us all be who we call, who God has called us to be. Lord God, lift us up throughout this week. Let us apply your word. Let us make it practical in the name of Jesus. And may your Holy Spirit guide us and touch our hearts and lead us each and every day of this year and many more. In Jesus' name, amen.